0: We're up to
1: Daf Ayin. Amidve is the last line. The Gemara continues like this: Amrav Chama Bar Chanina Kith Hakadosh Baruch Hu. When Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Metaris Shvatim, that according to this opinion, when Mashiach comes, Hakadosh Baruch Hu will separate all the Mamzerim, and he'll everyone will be clarified. Now, that's 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 uh, that's a good thing, but it's also. It's also, uh, it creates conflict because when you're what it means is you're separating the Mamzer, And that means that when Mashiach comes, there'll be families that will sort of be exposed a little bit. So it says the Gemara, The first Shevet that Hashem will, uh, will be Matahar, will clarify and cleanse, will be the Shevet of Levi. Because the passage says, Hashem will sit and refine and purify the silver. V'tayres benei Levi, he'll be metahir Levi. he'll purify them like gold and silver. mincha and they'll be to They'll bring uh, carbonus of uh, of tzedaka of righteousness. So you see this passage that Hashem will purify those of Levi first. Now again, it sounds like a good thing, but it doesn't mean that the families will be uh, sort of torn apart a little bit. I'm Rebbe Shulman Levi. Rabbi Shuman Levi has a different opinion. Rebbe Shuman Levi shita according to most Rishonim is that we will not separate mamzerim uh, when Mashiach comes. They'll be tahar. They'll be sort of Hashem will just allow it to be to be blend in. So he says, Kesef mitahar mamzerim. Wealth purifies mamzerim. Why? Because in the times, I mean, nowadays, nowadays, why would a mamzer ever marry a, a regular person, assuming they know that the person's a mamzer? Nowadays, it would be because, like, they hit it off and they had a good date. But in the times of the Gemara, it was money, right? It was money, I'm saying, if, you, if you're wealthy. And they're like, eh, no. So, in a way, the Gemara says, wealth is metaher mamzerim. Why? Because they did what was wrong. But what will Hashem do when Mashiach comes? Kivin shenit HaKadosh Baruch Hu will basically just say, okay, let's just all, it's fine. And they'll just, uh, you know. So, so one sheet that says that there's going to be a separation. Correct. And the other sheet that says, okay, mamzerim, no separation? Correct. Meaning Hashem will remove the mamzeris without the people. Whatever impurity mamzeris is will no longer be a problem. So be a restore. Correct. So the Gemara says, and, 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 and the reference to wealth is because why else would a person marry a mamzer? Back then it was wealth. That the silver and gold will be the purifier, meaning... That the purifier will be that the mamzer will no longer be a problem, and what caused the mamzeres to be in there was the money, was the silver and gold. So, like the silver and gold is the purifier itself. Now, how does the end of the pasuk? What does the end of the pasuk mean? This itself is a tzedakah. It's a kindness from Hashem that once a family has mamzerus, that's it. Meaning, Ravishum levishta is kivan shanitma nitma. Once mamzerus is mixed into a family, it's sort of like bottle into the family, and that itself is a tzedakah. So that's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to be matahar the mamzerim. It means that it's a tzedakah that Hashem does this because He could separate everybody. The problem is that when Mashiach comes, that's not a time for separation. That's a time for unity and to start separating klal Yisrael. And you still, by the way, also the Gemara is going to point out later on, it's a very it's a phenomenal like in Lamedis to understand this. Concept that like once Mamzerus is in there, it's like in there. Nithma nithma. Once it's mixed in, it's mixed in. But you have to understand. I mean, you could find out. You could find out like Gedolei Yisrael are Mamzerim. Right, because it's because it's just they great, 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 great grandfather. I'm saying <laughs> so. Hakadosh Baruch doesn't want that because that'll like tear apart Yisrael. Therefore, Kiva We sort of have the same concept, Tuma but Sort of, yeah. It's an interesting. It's an interesting application of it. It's a good point. Guvva. I will analyze this. I'm We had this yesterday, but now we're going to analyze this from a halachic perspective. Now, practically nowadays, today, it's very, very hard. I, I, I know as when people are the Kedushin with Balichuva. It's hard, to, it's hard to research, honestly, to find out who's, you know, you try to look into it a little bit, but you're going to find out that three generations ago, someone converted through conservative, you know, conservative geiris. It's, it's going to be very, very difficult to know. But there was a concept where, at least in the times of the Gemara, it's brought on the Shulchan Araf, There was a concept that you have to investigate it. You have to try to investigate to find out whether they're Mamzeris, whether there's Goyim, whether there's Halalim. There was such a concept. So we said yesterday... We said yesterday that there's three categories. There's Chutz which is like really shvach. A lot of a lot. Then you have Eretz Yisrael, getting better. And then Bavel. Bavel was the best because as Rabbi said, when Ezra took everyone out, he took all the Suley kohol out. What does it mean that Bavel was better than Israel for what halachic purpose? So we didn't say this yesterday, what's the halachic ramification? The answer is, if you're someone from Bavel and you're marrying someone from Bavel, you don't have to look into the yichos. But if you're someone from Bavel and you're marrying an, an Israeli, they would have to investigate. And if an Israeli is marrying someone from France, they would have to investigate vayta. You understand that these tiers are important for checking into yichos. Okay. So the Gemara says, Bimei Rabbi, in the times of Rebbe, I guess um, the Rabbanim of Eretz Yisrael felt that times have changed and Eretz Yisrael is now the superior, and they wanted to reverse it. They wanted to make it that Bavel is lower than Eretz Yisrael. I guess that's what they felt, that, that over time, right, in the times of Rebbe, I guess there was a lot of. Torah and Yiddishkeit in Eretz Yisrael, and they wanted to reverse him. They went to Rebbe thinking that Rebbe would sign off, because Rebbe was the Nasi of Eretz but they didn't realize that Rebbe's family came from Babel. Rebbe's grandfather was Hillel, was from Babel. So they asked Rebbe, they wanted to switch it. So he says, You're putting thorns in my eyes, because by you switching it, in essence, you're saying that Babel is worse than Eretz I'm, in my blood, I'm a Babylonian, so I, he, he wasn't a fan of this. So he says, if you want, you he says, go talk to Rav Hanin He knew Rav Hanin is not going to sign off on this. He didn't want to be the bad guy. So he said, listen, you want to do this change, talk to Rav Hanin So, he was well when there was song. Rebbe was the nasi. No, no, Rabbi uh, Yeah, I guess so. So he said, he, says, so he went to Rav <speaking in Hebrew> This Baracham. So he said, he said, he said, so he said, as in the Kabbalah, that Bavel is the highest in Eretz Yisrael. That's it. Okay. Now, when huh? Gittim, when, when they come oh, to interesting. They yeah, a, yeah. No, it has it has it has a Yichus ramifications for sure. So the Gemara is very... <laughs> you're going to like this story. <laughs> when I did this Gemara yesterday, I was like, Gavin's going to like this." Bimei Rabbi Pinchas, just because it's it's a very um, it's like a, it's like an old school comedy level. Um, Look like at Benny Hill music when you hear the story. Bimei Pinchas, <laughs> in the days of Rebbe Big Bavel They wanted to do the same thing. They wanted to make it that Bavel was worse than Eretz Yisrael, and Eretz was the highest. the days of Pinchas. So, Rebbe was older, and he said to his servants like this, He says, I'm going to go to the Beis Medrash, I'm going to say two things. When I'm done second saying the second thing, you're going to carry me on this stretcher, we're going to run. Because he knew that what he's going to say is not going to be popular. So he said, I'm going to say these two things, and then the second I'm done saying these two things, he was older, he couldn't walk, he was in a wheelchair, basically, you're pushing me, we're going, we're getting out of here. So what were the two things? The first thing was to confuse them. And then the second thing was the, uh, the, what was the first thing he said? So, Amr Ein Shechid el First he said, there's no biblical requirement to shech the bird. It's Heshita, we don't pask in this way, but he felt that there's no requirement on a biblical level to Shechta Bird, it's Durabhanon, meaning you could sever it in ways that's not technically Shechta. There's no requirement to have the laws of shita by a bird, biblically. Again, we don't pask in this way, but that was Heshita. <laughs> so he said that because that was just like, what? Like everyone that the Spanish was like, what? And they were all like distracted by this. Then he got up and he says, Kol is Bubble is higher than Eretz Yisrael Eretz Yisrael has more in the Bubble. Bye. And he ran. And they were running after him. And the reason why they are running after him is because what he was afraid of, what what, what is he afraid of? He's going to say, his what's the problem? He said, they'll be offended. It's not they'll be offended. They're going to want him to prove it. His basic statement is that Eretz Yisrael is not as genealogically pure as Bava. And they're going to say, pure. prove it. And at some point, he'll have to say, okay, that family, mamzer. That family, halal, I meaning he'll have to at some point like get down to the nitty gritty and it's going to cause everyone to start like dissecting like, oh, you're saying like, imagine if a rabbi gets up and he says, Queens is not as pure as Brooklyn. They're like, really? Well, why do you say that? And he's like, well, that family, that guy's a mamzer, that guy's a halal, that guy's a sin, that guy's a... you don't want that. So Rebinchas didn't want to do this. He just said it. High-tailed nah, out of there. So the truth is, they sat and the people started investigating Eretz Yisrael's genealogically, gene- a genealogical history, until it got to a Sakana, because they started finding out some of the tougher, um, thuggy type of guys were actually Mamzerim. And it was dangerous to reveal that. So they were like, okay, let's just close this book and we're not gonna open it. That's the problem. You start looking into things, and then you start finding out. So imagine you start finding out big Rabban or Mamzerim, very influential, wealthy people are Mamzerim. They don't want people to know they're Mamzerim. Maybe they get rid of the people that know about this secret and it gets dangerous. So they were like, okay. We're just going to close this. It's a shayla, it's a very interesting. Of You see from this Gemara that they would like withhold information. It's very interesting. So there are some Rishadim that say that they were, they didn't know exactly who. I mean, you're going to see from this Gemara, let's go a couple more lines, you're going to see like, there was like a concept where it's like, oh, we'll look at the next line. I'm hey, adeni. says, I swear that I could tell who's a mamzer and who's not. Aval ma'asa, what am I supposed to do? Hashari nitma. It's affecting g'dayli adar. So the shayla is like, it's like he's withholding information. Like, what? So I think that some Rishonim say that Rav Eichelon didn't know exactly who. I don't want to say a gadol be Yisrael, but picture a gadol be Yisrael, it's not like he knew that gadol was a mamzer, but he knew that someone in that family was a mamzer. Maybe it was his wife's sister, you know, his wife's sister. So he didn't know exactly who, but he knew that it's in the mishpacha. So he's not gonna reveal it because it's not gonna have practical ramification. I'm not gonna, there's a big difference between you being a mamzer and your wife's sibling being a mamzer, right? it would just come out as saying the Balsam family has mamzares. Like that, That's the problem. He didn't want to say that because that's that's an unfair title. But he knew that there were problems there. But according to some Rishonim, if he knew specifically who he would talk as say, because you got to stop people from marrying mamzares, according to other Rishonim, no. There's such a concept that once it gets mixed in, bottle, That's a kibosh nitzmeh that shenitma, the Gemara says, Why did he withhold the information? Because he follows our views. Once it gets mixed in, it gets mixed in. And we don't isolate it. I Meaning, this concept of Kivan Shinitmah is not just for when Mashiach comes, that Hashem. It means even nowadays, there's such a concept that when Mamzer is, is bottle, it's bottle. It's hard to know exactly how this halachic, uh, they bring down, the Yaretzka has a whole thing on it, they, d- they do bring down from the mashah that even though there's such a concept that it's bottle, y- like a Yari Shemayim shouldn't get involved. Like, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where it's like bottle regarding others, but, uh, you know, a Yari Shemayim should be, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. He, he do, they do say in the bottom that this is only true because you don't know which specific family member. Meaning, again, like I said, according to some Rishayim, this is only true because you don't know which specific person is a mamzer. You just know there's a mamzer in that mishpacha, Or you know there's an Evid in that mishpacha, or a nachri in that mishpacha. You don't know which one. If you talk and know which one, if you got, you know the guy's a mamzer, you know the, a married woman has a relations with another man, has a kid. Then, like, don't, don't marry the person. But but it's uh, it's very interesting. We had to figure this out. Amr Rabbi, Afanon Rabbi says, I'll prove it to you. There's a family by the name of Beis Trifah. They lived in the Eber Yarden. So this is interesting. This, this is, this is interesting. We're saying right now that there's a concept that once a family has mamzeris, like Hashem will just let it be. But there's one type of situation where Hashem will get involved when Mashiach comes, where he is going to separate. And that's where someone was unfairly um, treated. Meaning, the case was, beisat um, there was a family that was known to be Tahar. They were not known to be, mam- there was, they were Tahar. They were Tahar, Achasha, and mishbacha. Bericha Ben Sion, Ben Sion was this thuggy warlord type. And he announced to everyone, no one can marry them because they're mamzerim." They weren't, and it wasn't fair, but that's how everyone treated them. And the opposite, oydacheres, but there was another mishpacha that was known to have Mamzeris, the kirva and Ben Sian's like everyone should marry him. So people, so that's a situation where one family, both these families are being treated unfairly. One being treated better than they should, and one being treated worse. Such a mishpacha, elio kigayin Eilu, for these mishpachas that are treated wrongly, that elio that elio is going to get involved. Because that's not fair, that if you have a mishpacha that's pure, that's being treated unfairly, Elio, when Mashiach comes will say everyone, they're Ta'har. They're the ones who are ta'ar. Statistically, if you went through numbers, if you have a certain percentage within a population... Well, I'll tell you, if you, if you, especially if you bring into the sheet that we had yesterday, we don't pass in this way, but there's a machligas tanoim that if a non-Jew has a child with a Jewish woman, the kid's a mamzer. If you add that, then, uh, crazy... But America made things a lot worse, to be honest with you, because when you have the conservative movement with their their gayness their was not great, it was not acceptable. Not it wasn't was acceptable. So You had a lot of people that thought they were Jewish that weren't. But you had gay, they're, they're moms no, it's goyim, it's goyim, um, and also the only no, the only moms you could have is if someone had an Orthodox marriage but a conservative divorce, mm-hmm. which I'm sure happened a lot. That's not a Good divorce, and then you'll yeah you'll talk. Ahead of I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure. That's why it's probably better not to analyze. <laughs> We've been doing this for thousands of years. I'm sure you can have a lot of uh, you know. I know, I know someone. I mean, Listen, sorry, there was a that she- I'm not going to get, be gonna be get involved. I um, I don't think anyone's going to watch this. I know. I don't mean this to the person. Actually, hold on one second. Recording yeah. stopped. So anyway, so wow, the Gemara wow. continues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the Gemara continues like this. Um, the Gemara says, Navi will get involved for these mishpachas because everyone knew that that mishpacha was really mamzerim and treated better than they should. That mishpacha were really pure and being treated unfairly. So Eliyahu will get involved because everyone knows what was going on. It was just injustice. But when you have a family that has mamzerim mixed in, let it be. The Gemara continues, Tanu, oyed haissa, so this is interesting. It's a, the Rishanum have a hard time understanding exactly. So you have this mishpacha that Mamzeris is mixed in. So we just said, let it go. Let it be. Okay, whatever this means. The Rabbanim would secretly tell their students who the Mamzer was. Not to reveal. Once every seven years, they would tell them. Some say twice every seven years. So why? This is very interesting, because the Rishonim has kasha, which is like, if you're going to tell, tell. If you're not going to tell, not tell. So he says this has to do with that sheet that we had before, which is technically we, we have the concept that let it be. But Yorish shouldn't marry them. So the Rabbanim would secretly whisper to the students once every seven years, or twice every seven years, hey, that family, A, B, and C, are a problem. Don't tell anybody, but just for yourself. Avoid them in a way that uh, won't publicize it. Because you can't get rid of the so No, monster. you cannot. So There's no way to stop it, so so just let it be. It's interesting. The Gemara continues. So we had a shayla of how many, how often would they tell their students about these mamzerias? Once every seven years or twice every seven years? So if Nachman Yitzchik says, it makes sense, once every seven years. The Braise says, The Braise says that if a person says, I'll be a nozer, if I, uh, if I do not reveal the people who are mamzerim, then you should be a nozer and not reveal. What is, that? is it? Meaning, um, yeah, I guess it shows from this that it's better not to reveal. So it makes sense that if they're going to reveal it, it's not something that we like. Meaning, if a person says, I have a choice, I'll either be a Nazar or reveal the names. What's the halacha be a Nazir? What, why? Because we don't want you to reveal the names. So it makes sense out of the two options, if they would reveal the names once every seven years or twice every seven, it makes sense once because this is not something that we want them to do. So it makes sense that they would do it as little, uh, as infrequently as possible. Amr A'bar Ben Arb the name Yudke Vavke, Vovke. The give it over to their students they give over to their students once every seven years or twice every seven what do they give over? so Rashi says they give over the meaning of it and how to pronounce it Marsha says everyone knows how to pronounce it. They're Nukuddas. I don't think it's so easy to pronounce it. See, he says it means the mystical uh, meaning behind it was given over once every seven years or twice every seven years. By the way, I mention this every, whenever these type of Gemara's come up. Yudke is obviously not a name that we pronounce. We pronounce the name of Dalid instead of Yudke because outside of the Beisemikdash, and especially in Gaulis, we do not pronounce Hashem's name that way. But there are people that attempt to. There's a. Uh, I, I heard from Rabbi Reisman, I believe, that he doesn't think it's a proper pronounce. Pronunciation, it's not. They do with a J, but the, the J witnesses, that religion, they are that name, J E H O V A. That is an attempt to pronounce Yudke Vavke. So uh, it's not something that uh, you should say. Uh, people think it's just like they don't realize what it is. It's an attempt to pronounce Yud Kevavke. Uh, again, <laughs> it's not done properly, but it's not something I would even want to try. So the point is, they would give it over to their students to pronounce and the meaning of Yud once every seven years or twice every seven years. So it says the Gemara, It makes sense. it makes sense infrequently, once every seven years. Why? Because Hashem's name should be hidden. Olam. Now, this is my name forever. But if you notice the word La Olam is without Avav, without Avav it could be read as Le'olam, Le'olam means hidden, secluded, Le'olam Ksiv, it's written without vav, so you could pronounce it Le'olam, which means to conceal, so Hashem's name is better to conceal, so it makes sense that Rabbanim would not reveal Hashem's name twice every seven years, but rather once every seven years. Ravah wanted to give a shir to his students on the name Yud-Kevav, okay? <laughs> And he says, no, it's not appropriate. Meaning, even when you're revealing it, it should not be done in a public setting. Ravavina Ramiksiv, this is the famous Gemara. Ravina Ramiksiv, it's one of the most famous Gemaras in all Shas, that Ravina says is a contradiction. It says, This is my name, which means Yud Hashem's name. But it says, This is a remnant of my name. So is Hashem's name revealed, or is it just like a Zecher? So what's the answer? I am not, my name is not revealed, meaning His Hashem's name in, in Golos is both his name and it's a remnant his name. How so? Hashem's name is written Yudke Vavke. So you look at Hashem's name and say, oh, Zeshmi. But the way it's read is Zezichri. By the way, it's a Posh, it's a, the, 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 the simple shot of why we don't read Hashem's name, Yudke besides for the halachas of it, is, yud kei vav means hoy there's a certain, that Hashem's uh, presence there's a certain plan that we, we don't see it hoy means that you see the whole plan, we're still in the middle of it so we, we, we definitely don't see the plan uh, we definitely don't see the plan, so we see yeah. Aleph Dalet Aleph Dalet implies just uh, subjugation, power it's like you're a servant, you don't see everything, you just do your job so that's, Hashem's name will be revealed it doesn't just mean that we'll be able to say his name. We'll be able to see the, the meaning of all this. The Gemara continues. This is interesting. I don't know. Rashi says as a hakdama to this Gemara that we don't know the name of Hashem that's 12 letters, and there's a 42-letter name. I thought they did know the name, but uh, okay, maybe how to pronounce it. Apparently, the 12-letter name of Hashem was said during Berchus Kayanam the okay, canon would say it. I didn't I didn't realize this. I'm not sure at what point I guess by yud K Vav they would also pronounce I think according to one opinion the 12 letter is yud K yud Vav Dalet Hey Hey uh, yud Hey and you know it's it's that's the 12 letter. okay whatever. So they would pronounce it um, during Berkhos Kayannam. So the Gemara says Tana b'an how you ben hay Originally Everyone knew the name, the 12 letter name of Hashem. That's what Rashi says doesn't mean everyone, it means the Kehanim. The Kehanim knew it. But when the people that were inappropriate started coming out who didn't have respect for it, they would only reveal it to the discreet Kehanim. And they would say it in the Beisam they would say it when all the Kehanim were singing. When all the people were singing, they would say it low so that no one would really... So if you, if, if you know, you know. That type of thing. The Gemara continues. Tanya, I'm Rav Tarfin. Rav says, Pamachas, Alisi, achar, Achi, Imi, Iludochen. Uh, so Rav Tarfin was a Kayan, and he was, um, I guess he was a young man when the Besame Mikdush was still built. Yeah. So Rav Tarfin says, I remember when I was a kid, I went with my uncle to do Birchus Kayanim. Ve'tesni, Asni, Esel, And I listened to the Kayin Gadol. And he says... I mean, I heard him pronounce the name, the 12-letter name. Uh, he he sort of mumbled it while everyone else was singing the Kohen To get the name, the 42-letter name of Hashem, in order for you to be given over the secret of its meaning and how to pronounce it, you have to be tsenua, discreet, of humble you have to be halfway through your life meaning you have to be an adult and it not a child you have to be an adult you can't get angry you can't get drunk you can't be tough anyone who knows his name Azarba and is careful with it to, to properly mashab and keeps it pure He's beloved in heaven. He'll be beloved down below. People will fear him in a healthy way. <speaking in Hebrew> and oh. is genealogically pure. You don't have to check into it. <speaking> in <Hebrew> we said there's three tiers Bavel, Eretz Israel, and So Bavel is pure. Okay, good. Unless you find out there's a problem, assume good until you know there's a problem. Shara rotzis regular chutzlartz, which is the lowest. Peskes posle in them is a peskes until until you look into it and find out that it's kosher. And Eretz Yisrael, if you know there's a problem, problem. kosher kosher if you know that it's okay, it's okay. Now that's a little bit strange because bavel you assume good, chutzlartz assume bad. What's what's Eretz Yisrael? So it should be like neutral, but it says, if you know there's a problem, problem. If you know it's good, good. What about Stam? It doesn't say what's Stam. If you say, no, it's a problem, it's a problem, that implies Stam is okay. But then it says, if you know it's good, it's good, which implies Stam is not okay. So what is Erzi throw? Seems like that's
0: but uh, it's it's a little bit
1: well. Ah, oh, so the Gemara says, well, Hagufa Kasher Amr Milchzik Apostle, Pusel. Hash Tame Kasher, Baatatani Mostle Kasher Kasher Tame Pusel. Is it Tame Kasher Tame Pusel? So the Gemara answers Amr Rav Huna Bar Tachlif Mishid Rabli like, Kasher on the next page. Kan LaSiyil Isha Kan LaHitzi Isha yada. You know, like this. What's the shaila? If you're married to are we talking about getting married, or if you already got married? If you're getting married, we assume no good. You got to look into it. If you're already married. Assume good, meaning, basically. assume no good. Look into it. If you already got married, Bidiyevet, it's fine. That, that's that's the halachic side. Yosef, kol bavel. we said this before, that bavel had a So uh, the, the truth is, you don't even have to know the guy who came from bavel. If he speaks Babylonian fluently, you could assume he came from bavel, you don't have to look into it. But nowadays, there were people who played games. They would just teach themselves Babylonians. They don't have to deal with these problems. Chayshina, then uh, it's no longer applicable. It's interesting. Zeiri was avoiding Rav Yechanan. Zeiri was from Bavel. Rav Yechanan was the Raven in Eretz Yisrael. Again, okay, Eretz Yisrael was not as pure as Bavel. Zeiri was avoiding Rav Yechanan because Rav wanted Zeiri to marry his sister. But Ziri didn't want it, because he's Babylonian. He has more Chash than than Rav Yechanan. Oh, I'm sorry, marry my daughter. Rav Yechanan wanted his student Ziri to marry his daughter. Ziri didn't want to, because Ziri is from Bavel. Rav Yechanan was from Meretz Yisrael, and he was questioning Rav Yechanan's Iichus, which is interesting. Yoimichad have a So he married her after all Yeah. Oh, uh, a sister. I think it was a sister, no? It was a sister. I, I think. uh I think so. Yoimichad have a kazibur, One day they were traveling yeah, Mati They came across a pool of water. Arkei put Rav Yochanan on his shoulders to carry him across because he was his rabbi. So Rav Yehonah as he's being carried, I'm kosher to be your rabbi, but I'm not kosher to be uh, your father-in-law. Meaning, like I'm your rabbi, but I don't know good yichus. So, my what's your concern? meaning if your concern is that bubble is, like is, is more genealogically pure it's not like Ezra took all of them opinion is that Ezra didn't take all the Mamzerim out meaning just because it says Mamzerim went to Eretz Yisrael, they were still behind also meaning he believes that bubble is not more pure than Eretz Yisrael. so you say well, what are you so firm for? Bubble is the same Yes, yeah, some left, but some stayed. And the Gemara says, Ishtamitze sehadam Rav Rav Yechanan forgot Rav Lezer's teaching. To Allah, Rav Yechanan's assumption is that Ezra left genealogically impure people in Bavel. That's not like what Rav Lezer said. Rav Lezer said that he took all of them out. So Rav Yechanan forgot that. You know, as a is an amora; he's a student of Rav Yechonon. So, <laughs> Rabbi Yochanan felt that that Bavel wasn't better than ba- Eretz Yisrael. Whatever. made his teaching his student. I'm saying this is not Rav Loza the Tanah, This is Rav Loza the Gemara. So the Gemara says Rabbi Yochanan forgot Rav Loza's teaching that Bavel was more pure. He forgot. He's an Amora. He could argue, and he's his Rebbe. <laughs> the Marit, asked the Maury, Kasha. I don't know. It's a good Kasha. Uh, <laughs> Ula, I guess the I guess the Gemara is saying that it, it was a universally accepted shita that Rav Al-Azhar happened to write down. But the problem is we had yesterday that Abai and Rava disagree with Rav Al-Azhar. Okay. Ula iklo be Yehuda. Ula went to pumbedisa to Rav Yehuda's house. Chazir of Rav Yehuda. The God of He saw that Rav the son of Rav Yehuda, was choosing not to get married not uh, like he's dating this time he, he refused so my married to so he said to her how come you don't marry off your son <laughs> he says uh, i don't uh, i don't trust anybody Meaning he was saying i don't know who to marry off because uh, for ighus purposes i don't know who's a mom so anon <laughs> so he said listen no one knows where anybody's from right? Even even above at the end of the day no one's going to know where anyone's from. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because you go all the way back. He says Dilma <laughs> the The pasuk says during during the Khurban Inu Bar that the women were attacked by the Romans and the Babylonians. Now, if they were attacked by the Romans, right, and they became pregnant with a goyish father, the kids are mamzer, according to one opinion. So there's mamzerus are going to be in there. Like there's no way you could stop it. There's no abortions, right? That, that happened. And he said, <laughs> And if you assume that the child of a guy, um, a guyish attack, or a guyish uh, union, is not a Mamzer, <laughs> the Pasuk also describes, in Amos, the Pasuk describes those that lie in bed and defile their couches. Now what is this referring to? The Gemara is going to explain. This is referring to married women who had, who had adultery there was a problem in Klal history the ramam writes the ramam says that there's not one kehilah in Klal until mashiach comes that will not have a case of an anashusit so the ramam writes it's every kehilah will have one kehilah doesn't mean a shul kehilah means a community every community will have at least one that's the ramam writes so he's basically saying ramav's is there like there's no there's no way to know about it and we'll see so what are you going to do there is an indicator there are indicators in midos of whether a person has Mamzer's blood in him. But but he's basically saying you can't be so worried because it's impossible. You're not going to no, know if seven generations before you, your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother was married and committed adultery, there you go. You're a Mamzer. No way to know. So, and what is this person referring to? That again, the Pasuk is saying there's a Chorben because of defiling their couches. So, Amar Av Yosi Brav Hanina, these are people that walk around to their bathroom naked now the, the meaning it's not appropriate to walk around your house naked you should wear well, it's not sneeze so that, that's how he interprets the passage so the gemara says the <laughs> god was laughing he says what <laughs> that because you walk around the house naked which is not sneeze so you're telling me that's the cause of the korban? no way that can't be the shot of the classic yes it's not an appropriate way to walk around your house you should walk to the bathroom not dressed but that's not a reason to have uh going to Gulls. rather um, this is referring to couples that eat together swap wives meaning that's what the passage is referring to so basically Ula was saying to Rabbi Yehuda you can marry off your son because what are you going to say there's no yichus no one will know about yichus because maybe there are mamzeris everywhere so what do you indicate so Rabbi Yehuda says that, no, what am I supposed to do <laughs> you're not helping me are <laughs> you worried about Yichus he's a little paranoid about Yichus so what's your response there's Mamzerus everywhere it's like okay <laughs> he's more paranoid now so he says so what am I supposed to do so he says e look at people that are silent people that are quiet now quiet is specifically um, no 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 just peaceful in general peaceful is a sign of, of Tahara and specifically if they're peaceful when there's a Machlegis they're not like the fighting type if you have someone that are more quiet, it's interesting, I never had this, but there's a famous ma'isa that Rav Chaim Kenevsky used to say over, because it's getting like, the, uh, the Chazanish wanted to marry uh, the, the, right, Rav Yashiv's daughter married Rav Chaim's, uh, married Rav Chaim, married the stipler's son. Rav Chaim was the Chazanish's nephew. Rav Yashiv wanted to look into the shidduch because Rav was having a hard time finding a shidduch. He was twenty six. He was having a hard time because no one wanted to marry a a, a learner at that time, as a, a, and he had a beard. That was a big that was a big turn off for, for women at the time. This is Rav Chaim was having a hard time having a shidduch. So Rav Yashiv heard about him and he traveled all the way to Bene Barak from Eshelayim. It took him like four hours. He sat there for the chazanish, and the ma'isa goes that they sat and looked at each other for about thirty minutes, didn't say a word, because both of them. They were quiet they were quiet people and then after 30 minutes he, he he was about to get up and he said what do you think of the shidduch and the chazanir says he's the rugged shaver of the door and he says and he left but they were quiet if you ever watch early Yasha, if you ever see the gedolim sometimes where they're with each other it's crazy awkward they're quiet they don't talk quiet Shrikusa is a sign of tahar it's from this gemara when in Eretz yisrael if they wanted to look into your lineage they would say Ki be if there was a big fight Khazi haymin ade kadam shausak the first one that's quiet the first one that's a little more meek and quiet that's a sign there's no mamzairs amri haymi yakhus that's a sign amraav stikus in the bubble hani khus the stick of bubble that's the ykhus einis is true but iklabay berav shafa khala u i thought barbay berav but Rav went and he investigated it. Didn't he investigate by like charts? And he says, no, No, he was looking into how quiet they are. The people that walk into a room and everything's about them and they're fighting with everyone and yelling, and it's a whole, it's a very over the top. It's not a good sign. Quiet. Silence. Very interesting. Let's see, I have a couple. Again, there was no dating back then, so they were just like, um, arranged marriages. So they're trying to arrange this marriage, and the, couple, the families are just not getting along. And they're breaking off the shidduch. He says, do you want to know why? Because one of them has mamzeris, and the other family, deep down, like the neshamas don't want to have a shaykhus. So that's causing the, uh, the strife. Sometimes he says that could be the sort, that if you have these people that just don't get along, he says maybe the reason why they don't get along is because there's, uh, there's a yichas issue and your neshama knows that there's Mamzeris there, so it just doesn't want to, it's pushing away they don't want to cling to each other you see two families in conflict with each other that means that one of them has a soul with each other and they don't want to have sheichas and so the neshamas are like pushing away okay bovel is healthy meaning genealogically pure Mishain, which is chutzlar, it says, Misa's death. They're all mamzerin. Madai Chayla, Madai is ill, and Elam is geysis. Elam is a geysis. Now, uh, Madai is a sick city. That means there's a lot of mamzeris, and and, uh, and Elam is geysis. They're dying. What's the difference between sick and dying? Sick means that there's mamzeris there, but it's not majority. Geisis means majority is mamzeris. That's the difference. Most people that are sick get better. Most people that are goises some die. So, elam is roiv Mesh uh, Modai is roiv, is miyot mamzeriz. Okay, so this next command I'm going to do very, very quickly. There is a chart in Art Scroll. Uh, we're saying that bovel is pure. So where is bovel proper? What are the landmarks? So it's just going to run through cities It doesn't have much meaning for us but there's a there's a there's a, a map hard scroll has a map that might help uh where is bavel? uh where does it extend eastward so rav amr ad nahar azak until the nazak river nahar yo'eni until the river yoyani this is on the eastern side okay uh fine how far does it go upstream on the tig- tigris rav amar ad avna until ad until the city of mushkani let's keep going Wait, loin you Wait, telling tell me up to mushkani but mushkani is outside of babel mushkani is part of Bavel. ad mushkani means of mushkani mushkani is the end uh, uh, by that part of the tigris How far does it go downstream of the Tigris? So until the lower Apamia. There's two Apamias. There's lower Apamia and the upper Apamia. They're right next to each other. One city is kosher, one city is posle. There's one parasa between the two. It's a couple miles between the two. And these two cities don't like each other. One city is kasher, one city is They don't like each other. They don't have shaykhs with each other. You want to be able to, they won't even borrow like a, a flame from one city to the next. They won't have any shaykhs with each other. The place, and how you'll remember which one is pusl, which one's kasher, is the place where the language of Mishan is spoken. If they speak the language of Mishan, that's adhecha. How far does it go upstream of the Euphrates? The Euphrates River. So how far does it go upstream? It's on the bottom. Rav Ravomar at Akra de Tulbakni Until Akra de Tulbakni Akra de Tulbakni And Rav Shmuel Amar at Gisha de Piporas until the Euphrates Bridge. Oh, okay, so I'll just, can I just like, I'll just say something. Apparently the Euphrates Bridge nowadays is very, very high up there. So Shmuel's being super lenient. Like he's saying bubble goes all the way up. But the truth was, in the time of Shmuel, the Euphrates Bridge was lower. So he was being stripped. Lower downstream. They moved the Euphrates Bridge. They moved the bridge. But at this point, we assume that his the Euphrates Bridge is more northern of akra de bakne You see it's right. It's it's you see, it's to the north of akra de bakne on the chart? You see what I'm saying, Gavin? akra de bakne is there, and then right above it is the Euphrates Bridge, because we assume the Euphrates Bridge is higher. So Shmuel is being more lenient. He's extending... The, the leniency of bubble further north. The Gemara says, and Rav yechron says, Ad navar de Gizma until the Gizma crossing. Below Akhir Bakhne. So Layat Abaiya Vitem Yosef Adarav. Abaya used to curse anyone who follows Rav, because Rav is being lenient, that Bovel is pure until Akhardulbachne. He used to say that's too lenient. So the Gemara says, Akasha, Adarav Layat Adsmuel Layeth Why aren't you cursing Shmuel? Shmuel's even more lenient. He's going up to the Euphrates Bridge, which is more north. The answer is, You're right. He cursed Rav and Shmuel. The Gemara says, No, same the answer is Shmuel is not being more lenient. When he said the Euphrates Bridge, nowadays the Euphrates Bridge is more north, but he was talking about in his day. In his day the Euphrates Bridge was lower, and the Persians moved it up. So Shmuel is actually being more strict. There's no reason to disagree with Shmuel. Nowadays Shmuel shita would be more of a leniency, but that's not what Shmuel was talking about. Shmuel was talking about in his day the Euphrates Bridge was lower, was more southern than, than it is today. I will stop here. I <laughs> do